Are you here? Well, if you are here, I'd like to mention, first of all, what you're experiencing is reality. And one small slice of that reality is this episode of The Paul Leslie Hour. Welcome to it. Hey, today we've got an interview from the archives with a real reggae music star. Legendary bassist Aston Family Man Barrett was the bass player for Bob Marley and the Wailers. Aston's considered one of the best bass men ever. And he sat down with your host, Paul Edward Leslie, in Atlanta, Georgia, to talk about his performance on the Exodus album with the Wailers, and a lot more. And here's another part of reality. This show is made possible by viewers and listeners like you. We need your contribution. We need your support. Please visit www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And we thank you, anyone who can help, small, medium, what have you. Okay, listen, this interview was a success when it aired long ago. Let's see how you like it now. It is an interesting one, <laughs> for real. It is our pleasure to welcome Mr. Aston, family man Barrett. Thank you very, very much yes. for making the time to talk yes, to me. Sir. So, first of all, how did you get started with music? Well, you know, when I left school, I was engrossed into the into the the Jamaica Youth Corps. It's like a military, you know, scene, you know. And when I there, I like the food and the discipline, and, you know, they keep you healthy and things like that, train and things. But it was my thing, <laughs> you know. And I said, I'm going to play bass. I'm going to play the backbone. And my little brother, which I'm four years older, he gathered some empty paint pans, you know, and make a little platform at the table for a drum set. And there we begin to practice drum and bass, which become dub. <laughs> what is it that you like about music? Well, music carry a nice feeling, you know, and we realize that it could also take with it messages. So we are the archangels of the messengers, and we create the music called reggae. And the reggae music becomes the art beat of the people. It's the universal language. And it carries that message of roots, cultures, and reality. And the drum is the art beat. And bass is the backbone. So that's what makes it so strong, you know? Concept of the drum and the bass. I know I put the band together. I've been on the road from 1969 until 2009, nonstop. Before Bob, with Bob, and after Bob. <laughs> you mentioned just a few minutes ago about the Exodus album, and you're going to be performing many of the songs from that album tonight. What is it about that album? Well, as you know, the great composer, a great composer from the ancient time, from the 18th century, which was called Rachmaninoff, did all these classic music movie themes 
and yet, yet still, those music was not nominated as the music of the century. But we did it with Hexodus and nominated and awarded by Times Magazine as the album of the century. So we know that Hexodus is also the music of the century. So we say, within this age, what we are living today, with all these war and crimes and all of these things which is happening, it's time to remind them of Exodus, the movement of your people, you know, youth consciousness, world consciousness. Why do you think that Bob Marley's music has lasted for so long? Well, we are just, we all are just ordinary people who do extraordinary work. We are like work addicts. So we, we look through our lifetime and memorize our time from youth growing up in school to graduate on the road as young, young Monday man listening to what's happening home and abroad, both the good, the bad, and the indifferences. So we decided to create some different kind of messages and melody and music and spread it for a corner of the heart. And it's, it's jazz works, it's jazz music, and we are voluntarily chosen for the mission. <laughs> How did you meet Bob Marley? How did you meet Bob Marley? Music bring us together. The first time when I heard of a whalers, when they were just a vocal group, I was still doing electrical welding and bike mechanic in a bar drinking white rum and milk. And my friend said, come and listen to this new group. And they punched the jukebox. And the music what I heard was playing was Simmer Down. And the whole time we were in that bar, no other music play in the jukebox but Simmer Down. For the next hour, go just pure simmer down by the whalers. And I, like I fall in a trance, I feel like I was a part of that thing. Like it, it was my bridging and high, and I haven't even known the man that I met them yet. And I look on all my other friends, I'm around, they were just listening to the music. But I listened so deep, you know. So when we come together in the late 60s, it was when Bob, Bob heard of my music and asked a guitar friend of mine, Alva Lewis, popular known as Reggie, to seek this bass player for him for a recording session. So my friend came and told me that Bob Marley wanted to see me for a recording session. And he take me to a place downtown where he had a little shop behind Orange Street in a little alley. And he was there reasoning with some friends and him say, see that man with that apple cap, that's Bob. When him finished talk with him, I soon come back. And my friend left me there like between 15 to 20 minutes. Then he, he returned and, and Bob saw him when he returned and said, what happened, man? Don't I ask you to do me a favor, man? He said, what? To get the musician man for me. And, and, my, and my friend Alva Lewis said, did I bring the man come long time? And Bob said, we are. He said, see the man sitting over there, sir. 
And Bob came over to me and looked at me and said, You mean this youth here? Is him name family man? Who play all of those bass lines I've been hearing? And I say, Yes. And Bob smiled and looked at me and said, And if it's you, you are the right man then. I'm taught it was a more elder musician, you know, <laughs> like mm. a giant or something. He didn't know it was a little midget me. <laughs> <laughs> what and was your impression of him when you met him? It was cool, good, because I, I hear of the man and I listen to his works, but the first meeting was good. And we went in this studio after a couple of days after that and did his first two tracks. One, one of them was a cover version of a Junior Walker song called You Gotta Hold On To These Feelings. And the next one was called Black Progress. He wasn't even singing it. He was rapping like what these guys rapping nowadays. Hmm. <laughs> he was just rapping on the rhythm, you know. Why do you think that so many people from around the world like this music? Because the reggae music is the art beat of the people. It's the universal language what carries that heavy message of roots, cultures, and reality. And it's for all ages and all times. It's for both past, present, and future. As we would say, it's like the moon. And we say, the older the moon, is the brighter it shines. <laughs> what is in the future of the whalers? The future of the whalers is, is a non-stop scene because thy will must be done by all means, no matter the crisis. Because, you know, you have the different religion out there and churches who are supposed to be praising the true Lord God Almighty who create heaven and hurt and all living substance. But some call him in many different names, but there's only one God. So it doesn't matter what name you want to call him in. Because each one shall be paid according to their works. If you see him as Jesus, then you will get your Jesus pay. If you see him as Rastafari, you get Rastafari pay. If you see as Allah, <laughs> you'll get Allah pay. If you see as Muhammad, <laughs> what them call him. But there's only one true and living God. And he also told us that you must beware of false gods. That there are other gods out there also, it seems to be. You know, you got the money God, you got the material God, <laughs> the business God, you know, things like that. When someone goes to see the Whalers perform in concert, what is it that you hope the people in the audience get out of the experience? It's to fulfill their dreams of the other half, what never been told. Uh, what they believe, what they have in themselves, they hear more for themselves and they see it you know, performing live. And some of the generation could not come to the show when Bob was alive, true they were on the edge. So they are coming today, and, and even young people who born after the death of Bob take on to the music and the message. 
and they are coming just the same. So, so we got audience of all ages. Well, through the nightclub, we won't see the babies there, but we were in the open festivals. Baby mother out there with baby into prom. <laughs> yes. I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about the uh, song that you guys did with Kenny Chesney. Yes. It was so cool, my man. And the vibe from Kenny was so cool, too. But I discover from a longer time that reggae music and country music are related. They both tell it uncut without commercials. No, tell it like it is, as raw as ever. So it's reggae country. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell us about the, the new vocalist, or not the new, but the, the current vocalist for the Whalers? Elon, is that how you say his name? Yes, Elon. Elon. My name Elon. I, I forgot his surname, but yeah, he'd been with us shortly after he leaves school, you know, when he was like 19, 20, or uh, 20, 21, and I was the age, like 10 years ago. And we did a portion of his early time. You know, with him and he with us, getting the experience. I had never been with a band before. We never even rehearsed. We just discussed it on the band and run, you know, play the CDs. And But when I first heard of him, I got a cassette, was to listen of his earlier, of his own composition, which he inspired from reggae and did. He, he was introduced to us by an ex-guitarist who used to play with me, you know, and living in the, move from the Jersey side and was living in L.A. So that's how he ran into, they run into both others. <laughs> and at the time I was looking for someone and, and he spent his early time and then I have another singer was working with me and then He's now returned after 10 years. Wow. He's more mature. He used to do his own little solo scene, you know, have a little band of himself from the west side. And he did a album. But right now we are working on a collaborate album together, both in Ilan and myself, gathering my brother jump tracks, unreleased jump tracks, from the tin can, you know, and quarter inch, half inch, and one inch tapes, and 24 or two, and then build a new rhythm, new bass line, new guitars, bringing all the original players, Tyrone Downey from France, Alvin Seco Passenger from Jamaica, percussion, Glenn DeCoster and sax, Dave Madden and trumpet, Vin Garden and trombone, and Earl Shingersmith and guitar. So we're roping all the Haitian guys them and set those rhythm and then Elan is handing them out to some special guesses, which we don't disclose their names, you know. <laughs> we leaving that like a surprise. But but the last time I was in the studio, I was working with one of the artists called from the Rough Rider crew. Her name is Eve. <laughs> oh. So, you know, and of course, Kenny is going to be involved with it also. And the next 
young singer from LA, which we did a album, a track, a reggae track for her, Corby. And some other distinguished guesses for the surprise for the fans. And we got like four to five tracks to finish up before we start mixing. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are wondering, how did you get the name Family Man? Well, true, I am the one who put the band together and always keeping the band together. I am the, the sound engineer, the technician, you know. I set the band stand and then I, you know, I show peer love among me and, and I know that we all have to work and live together as, as a family. So I said, the one who is, is in charge to do that, I don't want to say like I'm the band leader or the foreman or the boss. I said, since we are working together as a family and I am in charge, I am the family man. And the name became a legend. <laughs> I have two final questions. Yes. One kind of lighthearted and one serious. What is your all-time favorite meal? My all-time favorite meal? It's just the same what people is eating nowadays, you know. is fruits and vegetables, nuts and grain. My last question. This broadcast is going out all over the world. Yes. So what would you like to say to all those people listening in? Well, of course, they all could see that prophecy is fulfilling in most areas. And it's also written in the Holy Books, which is the Holy Bible in Amharic or the Holy Bible in English. <laughs> That's when we see these things, must marvel not, knowing that it's the sign of the time. Now, what was in Revelation, so shall it be in Revelation. I mean, what was in Genesis, so shall it be in Revelation. Right? What was in the beginning, so shall it be in the last days. Well, we know that the hurt is not coming to our hand, you know. But more time, the world, it says the Almighty God created the earth, and men build the world on top of the hurt. So sometimes those things always come to an end because they always destroy themselves. <laughs> but the earth always remain, and the meek and the humble shall inert the earth. Well, Mr. Barrett, thank you very, very much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Yes, sir. it's thank been you. a pleasure. Yes. Appreciate it. One love. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. 
End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.